Hi there and welcome to the Jane Anderson Show. I am super excited that you are here. So thanks so much for joining me and I can't wait to introduce you to today's very special guest. So before we do that, I thought I would share with you a little bit about what's happening at the moment. Um, I've been out uh, on the road a little bit, um, catching up with um, Brene Brown this week, as you do, and Gary V. Uh, so getting to meet them in person, which is going to be super cool. Um, but a few other things that are on, we've been doing lots of work with helping people with content creation. So I've been doing lots of um, coaching around this, been doing workshops and starting to do some more work internally in organizations in helping uh, leaders and CEOs being able to work out what do we put on our platforms? Like we've got Yammer or we've got Facebook Workplace or any of those. And so they're realizing that we've got these communication tools and whilst we've been talking about them for collaboration um, we're not necessarily using them for leaders to be able to make more conscious choices about positioning and influence and trust so i've been doing some work in that space which has been super exciting it's a created a program that i call lighthouse leadership and it's all about keeping really visible um but not visible as in annoying but visible because most of these clients that i'm working with are global multinationals they have clients uh, they have team members all over the world we're having to make sure we're including things like um uh like diversity for example like the, the communication is in inclusive of uh, people from all different nationalities. We're trying to work out ways to make sure that um, people who may not have English as their first language, that they can um, access uh, subtitling or translation thing, things like that really easily. So, um, so lots of exciting times, interesting challenges that businesses are having. And then of course, I'm also doing the content creation boot camps uh, again. So we had a great few days We've, uh, with just the first one, I, I gave it a run and we had uh, seven people who attended and created 357 pieces of content in two days which was just awesome the promise of the content creation boot camp is that you create a year's worth of content or or 52 pieces of content in two days and it definitely worked it went super well and uh, so because we've had so much great so many great results we've had people who were in that program who signed up for the second one just because the onboarding was so good so um, they hadn't even got to the workshop. They automatically signed up for the next one because they said, I've worked out what I need at that one. I've got to come to another one to sort this out. So um, we've got another one coming up on the Gold Coast in October. We have uh, another one coming up in uh, looking at November in Melbourne. So by the time this goes to air, that date might be up. So, um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and we also have the Power of Brand U event that's coming up on the Gold Coast. So this is the Power of Brand U for female leaders and experts in their space. Uh, whether you're a leader within an organization is okay. Maybe you have your own business. And I've got some amazing speakers coming. I've got Kieran Flanagan coming. She's like Australia's leading female creative director, if not one of the most um, clever creative directors in the country. She's launched some big brands into this country like Coke Zero, Nando's, like uh, she's worked with the United Nations, um, Coca-Cola, you, you name it, she's done it. Um, she's one of the cleverest and kindest people I know. I've got um, Tracy Mathers coming along. Tracy Mathers is the third generation retailer of the Mathers family. And I worked with Tracy and her family for 12 years. And I can't wait for her to come along because I've learned so much 
in my career working with her she's like family to me so excited to be able to bring her along she's going to be talking about uh, communicating your value and communicating your brand Kieran's going to be talking about the future of work she's written a fantastic new book called uh, forever skills with her her uh, business partner Dan Gregory uh, so they'll be talking about that and I also have a very special guest Trudy Grant coming along Trudy is a senior executive at Microsoft who I've been working with and she's just incredible and I've asked her would she come and speak um, to the ladies that uh, I've been working with around building your personal brand in an organization and she's going to talk about how you get really clear about what it is that you want so um, have a look at that it's on the Gold Coast on the 18th to 19th of October uh, you can jump on the events page we'll have a link to where these are on the website as well um, but in terms of today I have a very very special guest to introduce you to today so today I want to introduce you to a, a gentleman called Nick Barnstall so I worked with I first met Nick in I think it was about 2011 or 2012 um, it was actually just after the Brisbane floods so here in Brisbane if you're listening from outside of Australia we had a, a, a big flood that came through our city uh, and it really affected my business at the time Nick was uh, the CEO of a plant uh, uh, renting renting and selling companies so that was selling rental equipment to mines so like skid steer rollers padded rollers um, excavators all sorts of stuff and I actually met Nick as a result of his business coach they introduced us and his business coach said to me um, you need to write Nick's profile we've got a lot of work to do and uh, at the time you know there are a lot of um, CEOs like Nick and I still see this today who are a bit concerned about you know I'm going to be harassed by salespeople and recruiters and and um, but it was a massive opportunity to be able to write Nick's profile help him to be able to access the clients that he really needed to access um, create conversations open doors and as a result he was able to use it to to go on and do some great things so um, so I find for a lot of CEOs they can get a little bit nervous and concerned that you know that um, I don't want my profile putting myself myself out there that much or you know that it looks a bit showy or look at me or I'm gonna get harassed and these were all challenges that um, Nick and I spoke about when we first started working together so I hope today really inspires you uh, if you're a CEO and thinking about how can I use LinkedIn to grow my brand um, so that's going to be a small part of our conversation today but um, but I've asked Nick to share because he's actually just written this new book and we talk about it in the in the podcast and it's called a better business better life the five key skills to have a thriving business break through plateaus and create the lifestyle you want this is a fantastic super practical super pragmatic and inspiring book um, that Nick's written because Nick, uh, I'm just going to read the back of this. He has worked at the coalface of so many industries. Um, you'll hear his story, with it, and it's also in the book. You know, he he was working three jobs when he started. Uh, he had bought his own property, first property by the time he was 16. Started his own company by the time he was 19. For Nick's age, he has about 15 years 
like for his age, people who are about 15 years older than him have the amount of experience that Nick has. You know, today uh, he's um, today he mentors and he uh, works. He's a professional investor, and I've learned so much from working with him. That's why I asked him to come on the show. Um, uh, you'll hear him today talk about uh, why you need to have a goal to set your target of your revenue and your business to over two million dollars and why that is the sweet spot, particularly the two to $10 million mark plus. Um, but he has, he's worked across, is uh, uh, currently the director of 12 companies. He is, uh, he has started, built, grown 34 different companies. Um, his clients or the businesses that he runs are across Australia, New Zealand and the UK. And uh, he's also written a number of uh, online courses. He's obviously got his first book out. So I can't wait for you to listen to this interview with Nick. Make sure you reach out to him. You can follow him on nickbarnstall.com and, um, and his books are on Amazon and, and uh, his books on Amazon and also on uh, his website, of course. So, but take a listen. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, make sure you keep an eye out for Nick on LinkedIn as well and uh, enjoy the interview. So Nick, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. I'm so excited that you are here and to be able to finally share your story, all the things that you've achieved and some new things that you've achieved uh, with our audience today. So thanks so much for coming along. Thank you for having me. So Nick, I mean, so for those who are listening, I've known Nick for some time and we're going to share a little bit about our journey and how we ended up connecting. And I, and I have to actually, you know, kind of pitch myself that we're actually sitting here <laughs> having this conversation, Can like for how far we've come. It's like uh, Nick version 2.0. Right? It is. We're always reinventing <laughs> and uh, it's about relevance, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So Nick, let's go. I, I really want the audience to hear your journey. You, you know, you grew up in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, I I, uh, I grew up in, in Hamilton, New Zealand. I was born in Auckland, and um, and my parents made the decision when I was very young to move down the down the road, just hundred kilometres down the road between uh, Auckland and Hamilton, mm -hmm. uh, central North Island, and um, uh, they basically they did that to provide a better life for for myself and my sister in terms of the standard of living and. Right. Um, and Dad started his own business at that time. Um, I think I was about three years old when uh, he bought uh, what we call a bread run, which is basically uh, in the late hours of the night, early hours of the morning, going around all the uh, convenience stores, uh, dropping off the trays of bread yes. uh, to start the day. So oh, that yeah. was Dad's business. He had a contract for that. Yes. And um, so I grew up in an environment where, for say, from three years old through to nine years old, my parents um, had businesses after the bread run that mum and dad bought a uh, fish and chip shop. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, due to a bunch of circumstances, uh, that business failed and uh, their, their marriage deteriorated and um, they, had to, they had to rebuild. The quality of our life changed uh, dramatically after that time. Mm. And um, I grew up uh, basically with my parents kind of rebuilding their lives and from 10 years old, I sort of looked around and Mum and Dad are always at work. Um, they'd separated at that time, and and um, so you know, and times were pretty tough. Uh, we're talking mid eighties, nineteen eighty five. I would have been I was ten, and yes. um, so I started working after school jobs at that time myself. Yes. Um, and then sort of one job grew into two jobs, grew into wherever I could. It went. I could make calendars work. I could go three jobs, 
and um, and I sort of all while you're at school. All while I was at school, yes. Yeah. So I would work after school. Um, I would work all weekends. Um, yeah, not from tent, but from uh, I would have had two jobs from probably age of twelve for sure. Yeah. Um, and so we're talking, you know, uh, after school was in a, a radiator repair workshop, on the weekends was uh, in service stations and then I used to work a night shift um, uh, through the week, uh, shifting freight um, at a career firm. So, wow. Yeah, so, so uh, and then, uh, you know, basically school became very low on my priorities. I, I wouldn't sort of class myself as ac academic at all, I'd say mm -hmm. I'm probably very average uh, academically. Um, you know, I suppose work through the environment that I was, I was in. Um, my parents were very hard workers, um, and we didn't have a lot growing up, and so I was very focused on, um, I guess, my earning capacity. Yeah. And um, and so consequently of that, you know, my initial uh, business mentors were my parents um, through good and bad, and also then um, I had you know obviously a bunch of other small business owners that I worked for throughout throughout those years. So. Yes. Kind of those people were more mentors in my life for the first, say, from three years old to by well, the time I was twenty. You know, I'd kind of been in and around business for seventeen years. Wow. Very hands on, a lot of hours a week. Like even I remember my last year of school, um, I was fifteen years old, and I was definitely uh, getting towards the thick end of uh, forty hours a week of working on top of going to school as well mm. at that time. Jeez. So. Um, you know, school came low priority, right? And so, uh, so I left school early, um, not recommending it, but that was my journey. Yes. And uh, and just carried on work, working flat out, which started me like I looked around and I could sort of start to place people that were doing well in life. Um, you know, through these business mentors that I had, and ones that obviously that hadn't gone so well, and there seemed to be a common theme around property, and and so um, that kind of became my goal, and. and um, uh, particularly my father, you know, had, had always sort of, I guess, instilled that with me as well. He kind of knew the path and he would, you know, sort of, don't do as I say, uh, don't do as I do, do as I say, kind of yes. thing, like look at these other people. And so, you know, I really do credit Dad for giving me a lot of that guidance, not through his own actions necessarily, but through what, you know, what he had sort of learned through his journey. Okay. And um, so by the time I had um, 16, I uh, purchased my first investment property. I'd been out of school for a year. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that was a big, you know, still probably one of my proudest moments in my life. It was a big milestone. At the time, it was kind of, I suppose when you're in it, it's inevitable. Yeah, so yeah. you remind me, so you were 16 when you purchased yeah, this Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, so um, I did, I, uh, I did it in conjunction with my mum. Uh, obviously at 16, you sort of can't really go and sign up for a mortgage. No. Um, my mum was in a position <laughs> she could buy her house at that time anyway. She couldn't uh, yes. you know, financially do that, so. Um, so yeah, that was that was that. I bought my second investment property by the time I was nineteen, and I started my first uh, first company at nineteen. And so um, all of this while, I still had multiple jobs going on in the background. But um, so I founded my first company at nineteen, and wow. uh, NIK Holdings. And um, yeah, so uh, so that's that was nineteen ninety four. So fast forward through that, um, you know, here I am uh, at um, uh, forty four. I've had uh, twenty five plus years in business. Um, I've had you know, multiple different types of up to uh, uh, 34 businesses across 25 years I've had. So you know, basically that's either uh, founded, um, purchased, uh, led, um, uh, non-executive directorships, um, shareholdings. Yes. Um, so in some capacity within that, um, I've had ownership of uh, 34 companies, believe it or not. So 
Um, yes, uh, one of those um, significantly 12 years of my life was spent as CEO for Hyundai Construction Group in Australia. Yes. And um, so that was a that was a business that um, that we started in 2003 from scratch right. and um, grew that to um, you know, 100 million a year in turnover from zero. Wow. Um, you, know, uh, you know, hundreds of staff or over 100 staff, and um, so. Uh, through that journey, which was in my 30s or late 20s and through my 30s, um, I think you learn anything quicker when you do it at scale. Yes. And so when everything's coming at you, um, you know, there's a lot of decisions to make and, um, you know, you, you learn, you just learn quicker, right? And so um, so I kind of feel uh, I sort of got to this point. In fact, uh, I think I might have shared this with you before, you know, I woke up, it was 2007, um, I woke up and I said to my wife, you know, I really feel that I want to help people in business. Mm. There's there's something here, you know, I still had the wanties for, you know, all these, you know, shiny things of what I wanted to achieve in my life yes. and, and own and, and that kind of thing. But um, you know, I got to a point, you know, I had a um, you know, reasonably significant property portfolio as a, an investment side of things, which has always been a common theme in the background. Um, I've been building businesses and continue to build businesses and, and I felt that I had a level of knowledge that could be useful for you know, somebody out there. Yeah, and, um, the years of experience. And like you said, for 34 companies and you've been in business for- Yeah, 25, 25 years, years now, yeah, yeah. So since the 90, person, 90, um, uh, 1994. Yeah, so like the average person would have, be lucky to have maybe five, experience in five businesses during that kind of time, 34. Yeah, look, um, you know, you don't sort of, you don't just keep counting as you're going. It was only, um, you know, when we were obviously developing uh, a keynote there and yeah. we started doing some numbers, but, you know, I'm sort of not, you know, it's not one you sort of tick off, oh, there's another one, there's another one, and it's just, it happens organically. So consequently, hey, what do, what, what do I do now? So for the last um, four or five years of my life, uh, I've really just been a full-time investor in businesses. Yes. Um, so that's kind of racks them up quite quickly. So essentially what I do is I look for, um, startups, you know, or high growth businesses or turnaround opportunities. So businesses that are failing, yes. that are doing well, and we're, okay. I look to see where I can um, add uh, an injection of capital into those businesses, okay. uh, whether that be through, um, you know, obtaining some kind of equity. Mm -hmm. But also a really important factor for me is around not just throwing the money in, but <clears throat> is it a business where my skill set can help accelerate that quicker? Right. And um, that's a really important thing because yeah, that's where there's a lot of self-fulfillment um, comes from me, where we're creating a better outcome uh, for the you know the, the ultimate owner of that business, um, you know, the managing director, the person that's, that started that business, the customers of that business. Yes. You know, you, you, there's a whole community around any business. Yes. You know, the employees that are in that business. So, so what I'm looking for is where can I have the biggest impact? Right. And so that means. Um, you get quite selective. Like I look at a lot of deals every right, month. Um, right. uh, yeah. And how do people come to you? Like, do they seek you out and pitch to you, or it's how really, does it kind of work? I, I really don't advertise. I've not really, uh, I've not really ever had to, and um, uh, it's just word of mouth, really. Right. Um, so um, obviously, I've, I've got a, a profile across a lot of platforms, particularly social social media. Um, of course, like anyone, I have a website, etc. But yes. I don't really go out um, seeking for it because. Um, but what I'm trying to do now is scale that, that information more, right? So okay. when I when I pur purchase a, a stake in a business or look to consult within a business, um, it's really one to one, yes. and so it's quite a narrow channel yes. of, of of help that yes. you can provide. And so, um, you know, part of the journey was really about you know if 
if I'm really passionate about helping people in business and, and, and wanting to do that, how do I scale that? Mm. And so then I created um, a bunch of uh, programs and courses um, on digital platforms, so online courses. Yes. Um, that we're uh, creating in audio and uh, video versions as well. Yes. And so uh, that, that enables us to get scale. Yes. And then um, uh, then we're developing um, some keynote speaking. Um, uh, just and you've got your new book. book. Yes. Yes. Yes, so uh, better, business, better Business, Better Life. And, yeah, and I think, for those um, who are watching. Uh, the, the, the title really resonates with me because, you know, particularly as I sort of shared through through my um, upbringing and different mentors that I've had in my life is, you know, if you're in, if you're in a small business, then for the owners of those small businesses, the business is kind of the core of what's going on. It, it, it dictates if the business is well, home life is as well, and everybody's, yeah. everybody's well around the family. Because it's five key skills to have a thrive, not just have a thriving business, but break through plateaus and create the lifestyle yeah. you want. Yeah, which is ultimately important because yeah. you know, really, if you, you know, if you've only got one life, if, if we all believe we've only got one one crack at life, there, and um, business becomes a big, whether you're working in a job or you own a business, um, your satisfaction within that is really important to yeah. the life that you want. Yes, and so. Um, you know, I believe over the last 25 years I've learned a lot of building blocks around that. Yes. And, um, and so, you know, I, I touch on those, um, you know, particularly, you know, around um, people, um, which is an important part of any business, whether that's the owner, whether that's the employees in there, whether that's the customers, it's all people, right? Yes. Like we're, a, we're a human race. Yes. And we interact with people and we've got to, we've got to become really good at that. Yes. And um, sometimes, sometimes that can be something that gets lost. On, uh, on people in business that, you know, the business is about people. Yes. And, uh, and so persona becomes a big part of it, right? Okay, you're the right. So are you the, uh, are, are you the right person today or can do you believe you can become the right person yes. to uh, to run and lead a business? Because I believe that a business should always be growing. Yes. And, um, you know, if you're not growing, you're, you're shrinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um, so yeah, um, people, uh, your persona, uh, promotion is a big part of it, and, and uh, promotion, which can be sales, it can be marketing, mm-hmm. but again, these are really key uh, key factors. And yes. then because of course, oh, you know, I'm not in sales, I don't like sales, so that's a very common thread. Mm. And um, so, you know, I really sort of emphasise the importance of that. Um, yes. I wouldn't say that I was nat- naturally born um, a gifted salesperson, mm. um, but I spent a lot of time selling throughout my career, right? right. And so through that, um, you, you know, you just learn, look, it's time. Was I born, you know, to be really good at business? Well, maybe there's some DNA here, I don't know, but it's really, you know, a lot of that probably is is, uh, is environment. Yes. And so, um, you know, again, I've spent a lot of years, you know, a lot of hours within those yeah. years, early early on, to be able to, um, you know, to really, to become, I suppose, you know, what I'd say as an expert at business. Yeah. And so, for me, I very quickly I can identify um, you know key areas where we can get significant um, growth performance or yep. uh, overall performance in the business, which should be profit, right? So we go yes. to the next factor. Like right. Profit is really important, and um, yeah, we all get told that you know money isn't the be all and end all, and uh, yes. don't be greedy and all this kind yes. of stuff. But um, understanding profit in a business is super important because yes. when people transition from being an employee yes. to a business owner is often a confusion in their I just mind. need to take home my yeah, hundred yeah. grand a year. If I can yeah. just replace that, mm. I'll be fine. And, yeah. and so often that's <laughs> forgot. Like it's a really, um, it's a subtle 
uh, thing when people talk about number well, number one is as we're all talking about we shouldn't talk about money. That's yes, the other thing, right? yes. So, so you know, some of these things in here um, uh, are sort of a little bit taboo, but the the, re the the really key things that you should talk about. Yes. Um, and you know, and not forget about that. You know, these are the drivers of a business. Like if you want that business to perform well, and you want to ha have a happy life overall, or if you want to. Um, you know, send your kids to the school that you know that you want to do, and yes. you want to eat what you want to eat, and you want to drive the car you want to drive, you want to go on a holiday, you want to go on. Like all these are just typical things that most families right. sort of benchmark as to what they want. Yeah. Um, but for me, I got to those things. You know, I'm very fortunate and, and very very grateful. I got to those things, and uh, and I uh, there was more. Yeah. There was more. It was okay. How can I help more people? Have those things like I, you know, um, I feel that I'm you know, on, a, on a very thin edge of the thin edge of the wedge. If you like, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very lucky uh, and very fortunate that you know I've got you know what I have, and I, you know I feel now that you sort of get to the point where you'd like more people to have that. Yes. And, and business is a fantastic conduit to be able to achieve anything you want in life. So Nick, can you explain, so Nick and I had a conversation the other day about, and it's been doing some work on your presentation, your keynotes coming mm -hmm. up, um, the work that you've been doing in your book, and you shared with me um, about a piece of research that you found, which was about failure rates, yeah. and based on the revenue and turnover from businesses, and mm -hmm. I was just gobsmacked by it, and it made perfect sense. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I would love for you to share some of that because I think that that is just sure. absolutely crucial for people to hear. So, um, I suppose I've got a very methodical mind. Like I suppose I, I, I um, yeah, I'm very step one, step two. Like mm -hmm. I have a concept and then I like to break it down as to how that is. And part of the journey, you know, if I wanted to, if I wanted to be able to help more people in business, then I really needed to try and understand, um, you know, where is it, where is it going wrong? Mm. Okay, and so then we look at okay, what is the failure rate in business? So then we see um, Australian Bureau of Statistics put out a number that's sixty percent of all businesses fail within three years. Yes, which that's sounds an awful. It's an awful year. statistic, right? It's terrible. So you've got a forty. If you go into business, you go and get your um, Australian business number tomorrow, within three years. You know, you've only got 40 chance, forty percent chance of survival. Now, if you went to saw a doctor and they told you that, you wouldn't be very happy. <laughs> That's so people, true. You wouldn't be happy to go into um, <laughs> to get that through, uh, you know, but just in terms of staying in business. So, yeah. so when I looked at that, I thought, well, that's a really broad statement. Yeah. Okay, sixty percent of all business, but then there's so many different types of businesses. Yeah. Right? What's the break? So let's break that, that down, and that that becomes quite tricky too. So we. We jumped into some stats and then we found out there was particular areas of business that are worse performing than others. Yes. And um, so then we found that there's some industry sectors, there's also some uh, company structures. Mm -hmm. So if you're a sole trader or yep. if you're an owner operator, you're at far more risk of failing. So that 60% mm -hmm. no longer applies, you become mm -hmm. the lower end of the, of the scale. Yes. Um, but however, if you form a business in a company or a trust structure, yes. then it's found that less, uh, well, the survival rates are better. Yes, okay. Right. So, um, so then we so we knew that. Then we looked at um, the number of employees. Well, as I said, um, uh, sole trader is, is the worst um, success rate, and yeah. it's the highest failure rate. What's and, that failure rate again? Something like well, if you, if you get down, well, as I chunk it down, so we've got we've got the structure, we've got the industries. Um, we've got the sole traders, 
and then we've got the turnover. And so if you take the worst of all those things, yeah. of all those segments, um, then you actually get to the failure rate can, can be as, much, as high as 80%, yeah. right? So again, um, you know, they're, they're, if, if you went to go and get, start your business and you knew that if I go in that industry, mm. um, as a sole trader with no employees, mm. and my turnover is less than $200,000 per year, mm. which by the way, that just describes about 90% of all the businesses in Australia. That's right. Then the, the and personally rate, branded businesses, by yeah. the way, who are often the listeners today. Yeah. So then the failure rate becomes um, uh, the failure rate becomes as high as eighty percent. So then we go to the other end of the spectrum, and then we know well, hey, if we've got there's a few industry sectors mm. um, that uh, obviously. Uh, the survival rates are far better. Mm-hmm. Then we've got turnover of more than 10 million, we've got employees of 20 or more, right. then the survival rate becomes super high. Like the, right. you know, you're only talking about a 20% failure at that end. Um, yeah, and, wow. but so, and then you've got all these scales in between, right? So you've got one to four employees, you've got five to 19 employees, um, you've got turnover um, above 200,000, 200,000 up to 2 million. Mm. So there's so what I what I developed from that is that there's a real sweet spot there. If you can start a business um, mm. with a business plan to go, hey, look, I need to have at least five employees. Right. Get to and that I need, million I need to be $2 million turnover. Yep. Hey, then the industry sector won't matter as much, okay. but it's still a factor. Right. So you want to have a look at, okay, which which areas do I want to go into? Okay. But, um, so what that happens now, there'll be a lot of people I think probably listening to this would say, well, I'm never in a million years going to get to more than two million yeah. year turnover, right? Yeah. So that so then that's where the trip comes in. That's where you obviously need to get educated yeah. around how do I build a business plan yeah. to get north of two million year turnover. And yeah. of course, once you've got the reasonable turnover, well, you will need staff anyway. So the, yes. the staff kind of come organically. But the main thing is just to start off with a plan yes. of how can I get to two million, five million, ten million year yes. turnover. We're not talking in one minute, but we're no. talking about what time is it? Three years? Is it five years to get there? Yes. So that's kind of where I would say my expertise really highly lies is, is to is to, to break, well well is to is to certainly build a business plan above that two right? and then of course the higher that but what it is is about taking people through the mind shift. Mm. So this is about I suppose this is the consultative side or yeah. the mentor the mentoring side yes. where you break down the barriers where oh but I don't really want to have staff. I don't really want to be. Uh, I don't want to put too many. You know, that means this this business will be this big and yes. whatever. It, so, but the thing is, is that if you were diagnosed with a serious illness and you were given a choice whether you live or die, you can have you can make these choices yep. and chances of survival are much better. Yes. And or you make these choices, your survival chances are much worse. Yes. Now. Unfortunately, you know, sadly for people who are making the choice every day, but in business those choices can be much the same because yeah. if you go, if you say, well, you know, I, I just want my business to be that size, and you say, well, okay, well, the outcome for, for that could be, um, uh, it could be your divorce rate, it could be suicide rates, it could yes. be domestic violence. All of these things feature really heavily in small business. Yes, that's um, right. And it's often not talked about. People talk about those outcomes, but they don't often talk about the root cause, and a lot of that can be the pressure and stress around um, finances or the hours that people are working yes. in the business, not making ends meet, all of those things build up, and yes. sometimes they can um, obviously show their way in, in, these, in these, awful, um, mm-hmm. these awful outcomes that happen in people's lives. So mm-hmm. what we're trying to work out is, is that, hey, there is a, you know, when you go 
um, build your business, you go and get an Australian business number, you start your business, you've got those choices to make. Yeah. You can you can hold absolutely. I'm glad you've just got an expensive hobby, and you talk about this in the book too. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> is, is for sure. So I'm, I'm quite big on it. Is be real from the start. Is yeah. your are you building a business or is it a hobby? Yes. And you know it might well be that unless you're um, got the financial backing and suitability to just have a hobby all day, you might be better off just keeping what you like as a hobby, yes. but then building something else. Now, you, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. No. You can connect, Yes. but you certainly need to build a business plan to make sure that you've, you've built a moat around that business that it can survive those tough times. Because, um, and I use this analogy a lot, like if you, if you if you're a sole trader, you work you work for yourself. You're less than two hundred thousand a year turnover. This this is the at most at risk demographic. By yes. the way. Um, then if that business starts to have a downturn, we go through some tough economic times. There's no one else left to fight, right? Yep. You're you're <laughs> that. You you are it, right? right? So you your your tolerance to being reducing your to the turnover of the business, which then then will ultimately yes. from that you will derive your income. Yeah. Your tolerance is very slim. You know, the, the ability to start reducing costs yes. if you're a sole trader, it, yeah. it's almost nothing, yeah. right? You, what are you going to do? Turn the light off a little bit, you know, turn it off an hour, hour earlier at the end of the day and, yeah. and turn it on an hour, hour later at the start of the day? Like, you know, that, there's, there's limited things that you'll be, there's things you can do, and I'll talk about those yes. in the book. But, um, you know, the larger the business becomes, yes. then you've got. I suppose a greater amount of levers, or each of those levers, it's probably yes. the same levers, but each of those levers has a greater impact. Yeah. And there's probably more notches. If you think of a, a lever that's got the, like a, a gear stick or something, certain yeah. amount of slots along the way, so yeah. you've got variance if it's got more reach through yes. it. So you've got more ability to to make those adjustments right. within the business where, hey, if it's just you and your tools working in your garage at home, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just think that that you're putting a lot more at risk than perhaps there's a lot of naivety there. Yes. Um, and you, and you become very vulnerable. Absolutely. And we see it so many times. I see it with my with clients I've worked with and that's why we're often really so my goal with them is to get past that million dollar mark. Yep. So we get past a million and we go, right, now you're right to yeah, because we go the platform set. Yeah. We go now you're right to now go. So we sort of go, okay, platform set, my goal is to get them to a million dollar mark. Yeah. And then yep. we go, now you can go, here's how you can get to like we kind of go well, three is sort yep. of a nice sweet spot if you can get to there. Um, Nick, you talk about you've got this fantastic quiz on your um, mm -hmm. that it, you've got links in your book and you've got a website. And this is kind of what you're saying about persona. Like you said, I know when I've done it because I've been in and done it. And you can, um, it's such a great little quiz. What you do is you answer a series of questions and then it gives you an answer that says you're an entrepreneur or yeah. you're a hobbyist or yeah. you're a. So you yeah. actually get to work out. You know, you so saying? even before you go, because how often do some people sometimes they go, okay, I've got to build this business because of what people expect of me yeah. or all this stuff. You go, well, hold on, actually, who you are as a human, are you actually, is this really what you want? And is this a natural space yeah. for you to play in and making conscious choices about is this what you really want? Even if you come back in the response that says, you know, you're more of, uh, hobbies, or you're more. You've got one that's a manager, mm -hmm. and you've got one that's a leader, and so you so might be better. Point, right? Yeah, so, so that, that's the point here, feedback, is, isn't it? Because um, people say, "Oh, could anyone be in business?" And I think, well, to a point, they can be. Yeah. But um, 
you really got to know yourself, right? Yeah. And so the point of those quizzes is around, okay, if you come through and it says you, you've got, you know, great entrepreneurial traits, you know, you, you're, you're destined to, you should make that. Yes. Well, that's great that you've got it naturally, but what about the people that don't? Yes. Now, the people that don't have those natural traits but aren't aware of that, yeah. that's the danger zone. Yes. So the point of those quizzes is not to say, oh, you shouldn't be in business. Okay. What it is is, Let's create a pathway that you're aware mentally yes. that you're going to need to make some changes so that your and business will be. Around you yeah, that's right. Yeah, look, hey, shift your mentors, shift your your, um, your group of friends that are around. Um, you know, shift shift whatever the, those data points from that quiz are telling you yes. um, that you know are going to be a problem because that, that's that's really what we're trying to create is a filter. Yes. Right. So we say, yeah. hey, we can't go through, can't make it through that way. But if I make a slight change here, then that's gonna that's gonna really work, right? Yes. And that's what I was saying before. You've got the matrix over knowing what the structure of the business would be, yes. you know, what the survival rate would be, and then you couple that with starting to know your self awareness, starting to really know yourself, where your strengths lie, where your weaknesses lie, mm. and making those adjustments in there, or at least certainly be aware that those adjustments are gonna need to be made. Like we, yeah. we know it's all a journey. You know, over time these things happen. Yes. I mean. Um, you know, as I say, look, for 25 years of, of owning and running um, businesses, you know, I'm a very different guy 25 years on in terms of my business decisions is what I was 25 years yes. ago, right? And so, um, and that's actually what I wanted to ask that. you. Yeah, like, so you've had all these years of experience with um, setting up, running, leading, growing yep. 34 businesses. You're now an investor in 12 and growing. Um, but you've moved also from, I never thought I would be sitting here saying you've created nickbarnstall.com. Like Nick yeah, and I yeah, met yeah. from so doing your LinkedIn profile. We haven't even got to that yet. But uh, was uh, Nick and I met a few years ago and uh, it was part of a tech group or an executive connection mm-hmm. and I spoke about LinkedIn for CEOs because I've been writing profiles for some time and I met Nick yep. and his tech chair and, and, uh, and I went in and spoke about it. It was back about 2011 or something like that, I think, um, mm. that we spoke because I remember you being very stressed at the time. We've <laughs> um, just come through floods and post UFC yeah. and a lot yeah. of pressure on at the time. Yeah. Um, and um, at the time, uh, I remember the tech chair asked me to look at doing Nick's uh, LinkedIn profile for him and Nick was like, most CEOs were going, I don't want LinkedIn, people are going to poach my staff, you know, I, don't, I think it's a job-seeking thing. But but, yeah. but you were the one who saw, kind of started to go, oh, so now I realise it's actually not about me you started to yeah. use it yeah, for, right. so, for business growth. So can you tell us, there's two, two things where I'm coming from with this is because I want to talk about how you leveraged your personal brand as a CEO mm-hmm. while you were building those companies. Yeah. And then I want to talk about your yeah. personal brand, nickbarnstall.com now. Yeah. Like if you look yeah. back at that time, would you have ever thought that would be the, the journey you kind of ended up building? But, not in you know, a million years, that was a quick answer there. <laughs> but, um, but really, uh, look, that was the start of a journey on, yeah, hey, was LinkedIn was that platform, but um, the start of that, I would say, internet and, and profile and social media, um, that, that whole journey. And for me, it was re- the realization that it is flicking the switch. It's not about me, it was about the business and the products and 
um, finding the commonality with people out there that would be interested in those things. It yeah. wasn't necessarily about looking for me. Now, I don't know, uh, you know, like when you start anything, it's not successful from day one. So we, we obviously developed that profile and, you know, I was, you know, I would have been, I was apprehensive at the time that do I want to do that. So you crafted that very carefully that really was about the business and the product and, and all that. So there was a great learning in that, but that it's a selling platform, right? And so as soon as you start to talk about sales, something connects with me. Yes. And so it wasn't a really necessarily about selling myself, it was about right. selling um, everything that I was trying to sell the products and that at the time. So, yes. I mean, it was that, that, it was pretty new in that time. So in terms of what the success or traction of that was, you know, in 2011, 2012, um, 2013, like in those first couple of years, you know, it's probably hard to measure, but well, we didn't measure it at that time. But I think the most important thing was it was about making a start. That's it. Right. So, and so that was the start of now fast forward, uh, you know, eight, nine years later, where, you know, we've obviously developed, you know, we're, we're on um, every every platform that there is. <laughs> and so, um, so, yeah, but there's kind of two facets to that, like really, uh, I suppose the investing in businesses and, and the mentoring is, is kind of, I guess I would call it the quiet work. Yes. But then the the personal branding stuff becomes the noisy stuff now yes. because that's um, uh, that's the stuff that really is driving the passion now where I can try and at scale help more people. Yes. Right? And so... So you um, set up nickbarnstall.com yep, now. Yeah. And so you've got, like you said, so you're mentoring business owners, you're speaking, you've written your book, you've got your online courses now. Yeah. What emotionally did you go sort of through an experience? Because I know for some of the CEOs that are making that transition, if they've spent like years in um, corporate and you've got, like for your experience, you're doing this kind of fairly young compared to some CEOs because yeah, yeah, you've had so many I years experience. Doing, right? So, yeah. um, so yeah. you know, technology and social media probably isn't as big your adjustment perhaps for someone like, like you compared to somebody who's been a CEO and coming out doing this at 70. Or, yeah, you know, I'd so probably argue that there probably is some Maybe. senior olds that are more uh, technology savvy than I am. But, but well, I mean, the thing is, is you've got to put in your face look, out I, there. Look, and... I, I was in, um, uh, well, the, I mean, the number one thing is you don't need to be technology savvy because you can have yeah. people like Jane that guide you through the way, right? Yeah. So that's number one. Um, but number two is that it's, again, because it's not about you, it's about what you're trying to do, yes, right? And that doesn't have to be about you. That can be whatever that conduit is. is you know, yeah. for, for me at the time, it was about you know, a, a company and the products that I was very passionate about at that time. Yeah. And, um, and so if that was a pathway to move that product into a new, because it, as you mentioned before, that was coming into a very tough period of business yeah. uh, economically. Um, you know, nationally for us actually yes. uh, at that time. So, so it was about trying to explore new markets, new avenues, not be closed thinking, and, that, yes. and that's important for any business, right? Yes. So, you don't want barriers to your thinking. Yes, you need to be able to um, almost have arguments with yourself. Yeah. You know, be be <laughs> be thinking about can we do that? Can we not? Like, and just exploring all these things, like not be have a fixed mindset. Mm. You've got to be really have a fluid mindset about anything whether someone like yourself comes and says, hey, this LinkedIn is a great platform, not for finding a job necessarily, but for actually finding, you know, promoting the business, finding new clients. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that whole journey through there is about 
really being passionate about a better outcome. Right. Okay. It's not. It's not about yourself individually. It's not about you. You might be the name that's on that platform, but what are you delivering? Yes. What are you delivering? Yeah. You know. And so, um, so nickbarnsdall.com, for for instance, is not really about Nick Barnsdall. It's about the journey and the successes and the failings mm. along the way. That you know, if that helps one per if one person picks up that book and takes one bit of information out, because you know, like going through that journey for for a guy, uh, you know, not particularly academic, left school at a very young age, um, and you know, so writing that book was was a difficult journey. You think, well, I don't actually have to write this. I don't I don't need to write that book. But then you think, well, you know, there could be one person out there that is on that. You know, if they're on the edge of a bridge moment, or yeah. they're, um, you know, the banks closing in on them. Uh, you know, that suffocating feeling that you know when you're in business, yes. and you know, all the walls are closing in. You're letting down your family. Um, you're letting down your employees. You're letting yeah. down everyone else. It's, it's when you own a business, it's about you. Yep. Yeah, you know, like you're, yeah. you're yeah. the core, you're yeah. ultimate responsibility, right? Yeah. And so. To get the best outcome, you need to explore what other avenues there are, and they, and a lot of them might be uncomfortable. Yes. They might be new, and you might not know a lot about them. Yeah. But if you want to succeed for all those other people um, that that depend on on you leading that business well, then you've got to, you've you've really got to explore those things. You can't be you can't have that fixed mindset. You've got to explore and go yeah. and try new stuff. And I think you know just from working with you over that time and some of the projects we've worked on. Um, uh, like I think humility goes a long way. Humility only, only comes with curiosity. You know, I always find I think the things that have stood out for me yeah. with working with you have been you're interested and curious. So yeah. you yeah. kind of like you said, if it's if it's the right thing, like if it's talking your language, which is sales, market yeah. share, you know, yeah. growth, like leadership. But the, you know, um, but I think that. I think that's the thing that stood out most to me is, and that, you know, when it goes back to LinkedIn profiles and, and things is often people, and the nickbarnstall.com is most people will say to me, oh, I'm not good at putting myself out there, you know, and look at me and all that sort of thing. But is actually, if you, it, it's a, it actually works the best with people who, and leaders who are really humble mm-hmm. because they actually go, oh, now that I know that it's not about me, no worries. I'm happy to put myself out there for the yeah. sake of someone else. I'm purely just the vehicle yeah. for this to work through. This message runs through me. It's not about yeah. me. Yeah. And um, so I think for any business owner who's going, who's listening to this and going, or even CEO who's going, okay, so how do I make this transition? Or if I'm listening to, to you and going, okay, how did you move from being uh, um, running all these companies and now having the courage to step and you've dealt with fear so much mm-hmm. in your life and over getting through change and all those things as part of all those businesses as well as really young yeah you know now into this phase is now yes you've had to really tap into those emotions of well how do I get through the courage and how do I get through the fear of putting myself out there and and just um, uh, for the average CEO listening, I think that would I would say the things that serve you well that Nick's really had have been humility and curiosity. Because that's how you get the message out. Because you're actually out of the way. Yeah, it? yeah, that, that, that's it. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's just what's the greater good? Yeah. You know, like what's the driver? What's the what's the driver? And yeah. and um, I think the danger. 
and, and this becomes stereotypical, but I only say it because I've been there, is the danger is, is that if you go, th- you go through a career and you argue that you, to some degree, you know, if you get to a senior level in your career and you get a certain level of success, then that, it, in a lot of people's minds, it, it becomes limiting to anything that feels beneath you, right? Yes. And so, um, and some of these things uh, about putting yourself out there on social media, and it becomes, oh no, I don't need to do that. And and so that that's where you've got to really try and understand what is driving you. Yes. You know, and you know, going back to the self awareness before, what what are you trying to achieve? Like, yeah. we've got this life. What are we trying to achieve with yeah. this life? You know, and um, for me, it was uh, you know just the clarity, just and the noise, um, the beating drum just became overwhelmingly loud. That um, you know, for me, there's there was a certain bunch of people that were going to connect with me and my message about you know my experiences in business that that I would be able to help them. Yes. And um, you know, the way that I speak, as funny as it sounds. Um, or you know the way that I, you know the, the words that I choose, the accent that I've got, whatever. That, that there's a certain there's a certain element of people that that will break through on, and yes. that, that some of the other noise won't. Yes. And that's that's for everyone, right? Because there'll be people that think, oh, geez, I can't really stand listening to that accent. Yes. But and so they'll go <laughs> listen to someone else. But I think the more people that are out there that are providing, um, uh, you know, a a credible message that comes from a good place. Yes. Um, then you know. There's more there available. It's not like going to a library. I don't like that book. I don't yeah. like that. Well, they might all have ultimately the same storyline, but yeah. they like the way that's written, Absolutely. not that written. And so there's hey, so much room for everybody. I think yeah. that's another fear that comes up for people. They go, "Well, why would they listen to me? Because they can yeah. go and buy this book. There's so much online. You know, how do I get through all that noise? Who would bother listening to me?" But like I said, there's there's people, there's plenty of opportunity in there. There's yeah. people who like you, people don't like you. There's plenty of yeah. people who don't like me. I go, that's fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and if in you Australia, get from somewhere, that's good. In Australia and, and New Zealand, like, I just don't think there's that many. Yeah. Right? You know, there's that's not right. that many They're people. Like, it's, not, it's not a noisy spot. And, yeah. and the way that our mentality is and the way that we approach um, putting ourselves out there is different than it is in the US. Um, yes. And so, you know, I think it's. I think it's important that someone's there saying, "Well, hey, you can do it, but you can still be, you can still do it with humility, humility, yeah, um, and you can do it, and it doesn't have to sound like bragging or it doesn't no. have to sound like that. Like, you know, you're just here to help. Yeah, that's and, it. Uh, you know, and if this message will help you, then that's great. And if it doesn't, that's fine. Turn off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll move on to the next one. So Nick. <laughs> Tell us, uh, so I wanted to encourage people to um, go and check out your book, go to your website um, and to purchase the book. The book is available on your website and it will be on Amazon and places like that very soon as well. One of the things I wanted to point out to the audience is that you've got some fantastic tools in here. So when people download, because they can go and do the quiz, but when they do the quiz, they also get this email that has all these resources. So you've got yes. cash flow, um, like, cash flow uh, forecasts, uh, budgeting tools. Um, if you're looking to start up a business, we have a budget template there, yeah. um, uh, which just makes it really simple in terms of, you know, if you're thinking, oh, I'm gonna start a business, there'll be things in there, because the template's been put together by someone started a lot of businesses, right? Yeah. So there'll be things in there that perhaps you haven't thought about, yes. and you get the true costs. Um, we've got stuff in there around reporting templates for management reporting, and, and I said, you know, I talked about the, profit, uh, the importance of profit in the business. Yes. And, 
and understanding what that looks like. And I know uh, not everybody has a great desire to grow up being an accountant. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so, you know, I, I would describe myself as hyper-practical, right? Yes. And so I've got, you know, I've got um, a lot of business, big business experience that I'm able to chunk down to uh, bite-sized chunks that make sense for small business. Yes. You know, there's a lot of big business practices and procedures and that you don't want to have in a small business, but it's nice to be able to blend the both. And I, I kind of look at myself, hey, I've been at all ends of the spectrum. Um, and, you know, the, the message that I sort of, I've, I've started the journey here, I've gone to the other side of the, and I'm, I'm bringing back the good stuff yes. from the other side of the journey and leaving all the crap behind. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so that there's, you know, there's just hyper-practical tools in there that really make a uh, big uh, difference to your business. Yeah, so well, I'm going to put the links on. So for those yeah. who are listening to the podcast, you'll see the links. You'll see um, links to Nick's yeah. book to nickbarnstall.com. I'll also put the link to... Um, uh, so if you if you purchase the book, it's got all the links in there, yeah. so you'll be able to do that. And if people want to follow you elsewhere, you know, Instagram. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Snapchat. Snapchat? <laughs> How good is that? It's my favourite. It'll be on TikTok soon. Grace is shaking her head. Um, so, uh, yeah, LinkedIn there. Um, uh, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, hey, all of us, everybody. Know, hey, you get, I've not got a very common name. Barnstall's not that common, so. No, you got the you URL know. pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have to pay like much me. for it. And uh, when you uh, when you Google it, uh, yeah, it all comes up there. But hey, YouTube. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of free tools on YouTube um, there that uh, you know are really helpful. I think not just a small business, but even um, even people that perhaps have gone through that journey that have run, run a big business yeah. um, or are running a consulting business and yes. um, you know, probably just want to you know, have, you know, I guess, some words from, from someone that's kind of has been in that space and done that and dealt with those things. And yeah. hey, I just talk about you know, how I've dealt with different situations um, through through my lifetime and, and what I've learned and um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it helps someone. Yeah, well done. Well, thank you very much for being on the show today Great. and keep thank on you. going. We're cheering you on and wishing you every success. We can't wait to see more books, more yeah. online programs, more presentations, um, more social media. So, um, yeah, we're lapping it up. So um, thank you very much for being Great. on the show. Thanks for all your generosity and sharing some of these links and things. Okay, thanks, Jane. Thank you. Thanks.